Do you do that thing when the Stanley Cup playoffs are ongoing without your favorite team participating where you wonder, what's my team missing? What do these teams have that mine doesn't? Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. The Avalanche held on, hilariously enough, to beat the Oilers 8-6 to last night. I somewhat jokingly had predicted a few days earlier that the Avs were going to average 11 goals a game against that Edmonton defense and goaltending, and I only fell a field goal short. Uh, I don't look at the Oilers as anything that can be emulated or even necessarily that you'd want to emulate other than taking Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and maybe a couple other guys off their roster. So let's look instead at the other three. And let me first get this out of the way. There is a reflexive tendency when you watch teams after the Penguins are out to say, oh, look, they're so much faster. This actually is not accurate for the most part. The Penguins are blessed to have two of the fastest forwards in hockey in Brian Rust and Kasperi Kapanen, and say what you want about the latter, but he's still fast, and we're talking about speed here. The Penguins also have an exceptional skater on the blue line in Mike Matheson. So they're not a slow team. Uh, They're not super crazy fast either, and they haven't really been that, I don't think, since 2016 when, you know, they first got Philip. Kessel and Carl Hagelin and everything, and they were playing a speed game while everyone else was standing still, so they looked that much faster. But they're not slow. I really don't believe that a lack of speed is the Penguins' issue. If you do, then you'll have to concede that a couple of their more consistent point producers, those, of course, being Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, while they aren't as fast as they were, are still pretty fast. And that Jake Gensel's never really been that fast, but he's your 40-goal guy. And on top of that, there isn't a smoother, more elegant skater in the game than Chris Letang. Certainly not at the defensive position. There are guys that are right in that range, but I'm not sure that I'd put anyone right there next to him. So if it isn't speed, what is it? Well... Look, it doesn't hurt to have superstars in their prime, as the Penguins themselves proved. So you can look at McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nathan McKinnon and say, gee whiz, those were the good old days. And there's just nothing that can be done about that. If these types of players were common, you know, there'd be 32 of them or more. There aren't. The Penguins have had... On their end, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to this category. And if you look at the Eastern bracket, boy, is this going to sound bad after the fact, and I don't care because I actually believe it. But the Penguins 
could have and have beaten either the Rangers or the Lightning. My goodness, we saw what they did with the Rangers in the first round. Had they had an NHL-level goaltender, that series would have been over in five. And although I'm not quick to include regular season results when assessing how a playoff round might have gone, the Penguins just annihilated the Lightning in the regular season more than once, remember? So I have something else, and I honestly, I don't think you're going to like it. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. What the Penguins are missing more than anything that these conference finalists have beyond the very obvious, to repeat, of superstars in their absolute prime and peak is their health. They can't stay on the rink. And if you want to criticize them for being, you know, older and more brittle, you're going to have a tough time with that one, too, because, you know, in the playoffs, those guys were all available. This was one of the most durable seasons that Sid's ever had. Once Gino came back from the knee surgery, he was out there on a regular basis as well. Latang played the whole way through. So their health wasn't the issue. The older guy's health wasn't the issue. Jeff Carter, another old guy. Yeah, I mean, he really slowed down. But he wasn't unavailable. He kept playing. The health issues, it seemed, went to, you know, pretty much everyone else. And as much as I would support the concept of digging in deep to find out why Mike Sullivan's teams always have so many injuries, I can guarantee you you're not going to find some kind of pattern. Yeah, he asks his forwards to block shots. They go down, they'll break a hand, they'll break feet, but these are your third or fourth liners. And even then, look at the bazillion injuries that they had and how they happened. Teddy Bluger got cheap-shotted in the jaw by Winnipeg's Brendan Dillon. It, that's not something that's on Sullivan. You know, it just happened. It was a lousy, lousy thing for Dillon to do. I think it changed Teddy's whole season. Jason Zucker did everything but get run over by a cement mixer. And the goaltending, the goaltending injuries were ultimately what ended each of the past two playoffs. Sure, Tristan Jari's shortcoming against the Islanders wasn't an injury. It was the fact that he was terrible, but you didn't have Casey DeSmith available. Got hurt right before the playoffs. This time... Jari's hurt, again, through no fault of Sullivan or his system or anything, just got hurt. 
He's out. DeSmith is in. DeSmith gets hurt in game one. I swear I'm not sticking my head in the sand here. I'm not suggesting the Penguins are the best, deepest, most talented team or anything ridiculous like that. I believe and have believed since the beginning of the season and have said so that that team is the Colorado Avalanche. But I also don't feel like the Penguins need to look at any of these teams and go, oh no, how can we do this? When we've seen with our own eyes that the Penguins can beat anybody in the league, including, I believe, in a playoff series, if they have all their guys, which they never do. And that, I, that that's just rotten luck. That's what it is. When we come back, just one question. Today's J1Q comes from Matt, who, in reference to yesterday's show, which was a Jacob Truba extravaganza, he writes, I agree with you 100%, DK. If I'm John Cooper, early in game one, which, by the way, is tonight between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Headhunters, I'm sending Pat Maroon to lay a crunching legal check on Truba just to send a message. So here's my J1Q. Will the Penguins go out to get someone to even the scales? I know the answer is almost certainly no, but then why continue to put your high-priced elite talent at risk of injury or worse every game? I don't get it. I appreciate the question and the kind words, Matt. The Penguins aren't going to do something like this. Not as long as Mike Sullivan is head coach. I don't doubt for a millisecond that if it were 100% up to Ron Hextall and or Brian Burke, and they thought they could acquire a player that Sullivan would utilize from a hockey perspective and that he could contribute, uh, you know, in other ways beyond being Mr. Scary Guy or whatever, they would go ahead and get that player. But as Hextall has said himself and publicly, those guys are few and far between. And the teams that have them don't let them go. If you look just, for example, at the playoff that the Calgary Flames had, for example, and Matthew Kachuk, who's one of the First, if not the first player that people will cite when they say, this is who you got to get. You got to get someone like that or or get, for that matter, Brady Kachuk out of Ottawa. They're not available. The teams that have them not only keep them, but they pay them really well to make sure that they keep them. Matthew Kachuk is on a three-year, $21 million contract, an obvious AAV of $7 million. And he earns it in a lot of different ways. 42-goal scorer in the regular season. Had four goals and six assists just now in the postseason through a couple of rounds. Um, he is uh, he is what his old man was in a lot of ways. And his old man only has two kids in the league. And there just aren't many more of them out there. Now, can you add or acquire... 
players who maybe have more of an edge to them that can be, you know, a little bit more of a, a pushback type. Yes, that can be done. But again, that player's got to be able to play. In other words, what you would do is you would say, all right, instead of a Brock McGinn, you go and you get a Brandon Tanev. They'll end up with around the same number of points. Uh, They'll end up doing the same job for you pretty much on PK, but one of them is going to be a little bit more uh, in the feisty category. But look, you know, we can wish about this stuff until we're crossing the line into delusion daydreaming. What really has to happen here is that the NHL has to stop the headhunting. The NHL has to have, boy, do I hate to say this, but the NHL has to have someone get very seriously traumatically injured to react. That's the only thing that ever gets through to these people is when they have themselves a Marty McSorley, Donald Brashear incident or a Todd Bertuzzi incident and hockey ends up being the top story on good morning america for all the wrong reasons that's the only thing that's ever resonated with gary bettman and his dinosaurs at the nhl headquarters nothing else makes it nothing else penetrates and if tom wilson didn't do it if tom freaking wilson didn't do it you can be very sure that jacob trubo won't if that feels hopeless so be it that's actually how it feels i appreciate the question i appreciate everyone listening to daily shot of penguins we'll do another one of these tomorrow you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.